The scripture reading this morning will come from 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 12. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. In our fast-paced world, it's easy to feel burdened by life. Deadlines, demands, disappointment, it never seems to end. We often carry around our baggage, but rarely stop to count our blessings. Scripture says we have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. God created you for blessing, and he created you to be a blessing. Sometimes we just need to see from a different perspective. I hope this series has helped change your perspective as we've talked about what it means to be a blessing. You know, how to count our blessings, and not just the physical, but the spiritual aspect as well. How to pass those blessings on to those that we love, and how to bless those who curse us, people that that aren't loving towards us at all. You know, the most powerful message in this series to me was one Randy brought, and it it was entitled, To Live From Blessing. So many times in life, I have acted in such a way as to get what I wanted instead of because I've received, I live from that blessing. And we live the Christian life from a blessing of grace and of giving from God, not so that we can just receive something. And so we want to carry on those thoughts of blessing today as we talk about how to be a channel of blessing. You know, most of us can remember having to change a channel on TV. There's a few of us that can remember before remotes where when we were children, we were the remote control to change the channel for our dads or others on the television. And you think of different TV channels. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. All the different channels, the Weather Channel now, Discovery Channel, all Disney Channel. You've got all these channels, these, these different places that you can go for something, and then you can leave it and go somewhere else when you're tired of it. Then I, I thought of perfume, only that's not channel, that's Chanel. So, But the, the real thought of the channel I want to talk about today is more like that waterway. You know, a flowing of water into something. And a channel in a, in a river or, or in a large body of water is often the deepest part. It's where it's safest to travel. That channel that, that carries, it transports. And what we want to do is think today about how we can be a channel of blessing, how we can carry these blessings on into this world. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 15. That's going to be our text, so I'd encourage you to go to that passage and follow through with it and be looking at it as we discuss this. But at the very end of this passage, we're going to start with the, with the ending so that we'll know where we're going. And in, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15, we read, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The ESV says, inexpressible gift. Or a children's version says, a gift too wonderful for words. You, ever, you got any gifts like that in your life that are just too big for words? You just can't describe it? For some of you who were here last week or, or tuned in, at children's story time, I thought it'd be really cute to make this point that if parents 
give us good gifts, how much more God, our Father in heaven, would give good gifts to us. I did not make the point that our parents are evil, <laughs> but, but that God would give us some. So I thought it'd be really fun to ask the kids some of the gifts that they received, and then I could just ask them, they could just say it to me, and I'd repeat it to everybody. Were you here? Yeah, I got stumped on the first one. I've even been told what Hudson told me, and I still don't know what it is. So I thought, okay, we'll, we'll move on. Second one. Finally, somebody said Legos. I know this one. <laughs> I know this one. There are so many wonderful gifts being given that I have no clue what they are. <laughs> I can't even repeat them. There are so many gifts we've been given that to this world it just doesn't make sense. It's so abundant. It's indescribable. I mean, just think of many of the good gifts in your life. Parents, those of you who had good parents, describe a good parent. Tell, tell me real quick, the blessing of a good parent. Come on, give it to me. Or you have a wonderful spouse, and at the moment that you propose to them or they propose to you, could you have described what a yes would have meant in fullness? I mean, that yes on that day is almost indescribable for the future. There are so many gifts we're giving that it's hard for us to describe, us, describe them. And yet the greatest blessing, the greatest gift is that of Jesus, is our salvation. And it's hard to convey the implications of Jesus coming to this earth. In fact, it was frightening for many. And yet the angels proclaimed, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. I mean, it's hard to explain it all. But this baby born brings you a new birth and salvation so that you can live forever with God. Indescribable. Too, too hard for words. So these blessings that flow into us are often indescribable. But what am I going to do with this blessing? This gift that's too wonderful for words that I've received as a, as a believer. And then what are the implications of my choice of what to do with it? I've been blessed, now what? What am I going to do with it? You see, I have a choice, you have a choice, we have a choice. Back in our text, 2 Corinthians 9, let's go back up to verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. There's our choice. We have a choice with what we're going to do with the blessings that we have received. And the choice is very clear. Sparingly, sparse, or bountiful. Generously. That New Living Translation says, few seeds, small crops. But if you have uh, bountiful, if you are generous, you're going to, ESV calls it a bountiful blessing. So let's just look. It occurred to me as I was studying this text. Let's take these two concepts, sparse and bountiful, and let's walk through this text and see the description of each, the blessing of each. How, how, what does it look like for both of these? So let's start with sparse. Now, I wanted to point out that <clears throat> each of these has its foundation in its, our hearts. So you're going to leave, be, take this blessing sparingly or bountifully. It starts in your heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. 
In other words, this blessing you received and, and this calling to be a blessing, and Paul's actually calling the Gentile people to give to the Jewish people who are in a, a challenging time. So this blessing we received, here's our choice. We can use it sparingly or we can use it bountifully, and that decision starts, is made in our hearts. The choice is made deep down in us. It is from our core. It is fundamental. It's significant. It's impactful. It impacts everything. So in our heart, this is where we make this choice. Now let's see how our text speaks to each of these options. First of all, sparingly, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Sparingly gives reluctantly. And it gives under compulsion. It's occurred to me recently that oftentimes I do things that I don't want to do because I've been asked to do them. So many times, probably you never do this, uh, let's say my wife or somebody in the family asks me to do something and I have a choice. No, I don't. I'm going to do it. However, I have a choice in how I do it. Yeah, I, you bet I'll take out that trash and I, I do what I'm asked to do but I do it with a bad attitude so they know I don't want to do it and they don't feel good about me doing it but I did it anyway which is what they wanted so why at the end of the day do I do it in such a way that makes everyone angry myself and others I mean I have a choice I could do it reluctantly or I can do it in such a way that brings the, at least the person I did it for joy so we can do it reluctantly or under compulsion. Kent, you're going to take out that trash if you want me to fix supper. You want to eat? You're going to act. Yeah. And nobody feels good about that. This compulsion is I want something, so I'm going to give something to get. The purpose of giving is to get. Have you ever heard somebody tell you once, if you want to have friends, you've got to be friendly? You ever heard that one? Okay, I'm going to be friendly to you. Now be a friend. And that's not how it works. I do something just to get. I'm going to give you a kind word because I want you to get a, get a kind word from you. That is not. That is acting out of compulsion. It is giving to get, not giving because I've received. There's a big difference. So deep down in my heart, do I act? Do I try and be a blessing in this world just because I was told to do it by God and if I want to go to heaven, then I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it reluctantly and I'm going to do it so I can control God and get what I want. So let's say I'm, I'm, we're tracking this sparingly, this, this track through our text, okay? We're going to track it through there, all right? We just ended because <laughs> that's as far as it goes. I mean, if you're going to do it sparingly, it just stops. It, it's like what I, I remember studying about the Dead Sea. Remember the Dead Sea? You remember reading it in the Bible? Your Bible maps, you remember seeing it there? It's right down there. You know, it's that, that lowest spot. It's, its shoreline is the lowest spot on earth. And, and so all these waters go to it and nothing comes out of it. So it's the saltiest body on earth over nine times saltier than the ocean if you look it up on the internet pictures of the uh, 
the Dead Sea. I was shocked. Many of the pictures you'll find are people reading a newspaper in the Dead Sea while they're floating. And they're, it looks like they're laying on the bottom of something because they're sticking out of the water. They float so much on the water. Reading a book, reading a tablet, reading the paper, it's a common picture. But because it is the lowest spot, and because it has such a high salt content, it's called a Dead Sea because it's very hard for things to thrive and flourish there. And in this concept of being a channel of blessing, do I let all the blessings come in, and then I spoil those blessings out of compulsion and reluctance until even though I do nice things, there are no blessing. It's hard to flourish around me. Many of you know I grew up my teen years in southeastern Oklahoma, Idabel, 20 miles from Texas, 20 miles from Arkansas, and five miles from nowhere. Southeastern Oklahoma, it's a great place to be from. But anyway, no, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. My grandmother had a place down on the Red River where we ran cattle. So, and it was, uh, it, it, it was uh, 300 acres. And on part of it was a cutoff. Charlie Lake's what we called it. I didn't know what a cutoff was. It was cutoff 51. I don't know. It had a number after it. We called it Charlie Lake. You know what a cutoff is? You know what an oxbow is? That's what I'd be able to cutoffs. If you want to be classy, call it an oxbow. It's where a river, like the Red River in our case, takes a U-turns, and then eventually at some stage it cuts across that and it leaves the U, leaves the turnout, and it becomes a standing body of water, a, a little lake. And so usually they're shaped like a, a U, or at least a, a crescent. I grew up going to Charlie Lake, I mean, all the time. It was a cutoff. It wasn't a part of the channel anymore. I don't want to be a cutoff. The blessings of God used to flow through me, but now they just stay with me. I don't want to be that dead sea. I mean, when you live sparingly, it means everything stops here. You, you remember in Luke chapter 12, the guy who was blessed with, with this great harvest, so much so that his barns were full and he didn't know what to do with it? And so he finally decides in Luke 12 verse 18, this is what I'll do. I'll give to others because I've been blessed so much. I'll be a channel of blessing into this world. Instead, he says, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, verse 20, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Bigger barns? No one's happy. No one's blessed. It stops. The blessing of harvest ended with him. And the, and the pathway of tracking blessing in this passage ends here. Just ends with you. That's it. Now, we have another choice. With our blessings, we can be bountiful with those Blessings, those who sow generously. And 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one of you should, just, should give what you have decided in your heart to give. For God loves a cheerful giver. Because a cheerful giver says you have a cheerful what? Heart. 
And don't you love to be around those kind of people? I know people that are very giving and they do it in a cheerful way. I hate to even point this out. I almost didn't do it. But here in our building, here, we have some people that are a great example of that. Many, many examples. I'm going to give you one. And you be nice to this person because I'm going to call them out by name. Don't take advantage of them, all right? You be a blessing to them. Actually, I'll mention two. David Laxton and Jake Higginbottom. They're over our building. Jake, by the way, uh, tomorrow starts his new job in engineering. But for five, these last five years, he's kind of interned, worked with Dave here in our building. If you asked Jake or if you asked Dave for something, there's a chance if he can do it, he's going to do it. And not only will he do it, he'll do it with a cheerful attitude. I mean, I know some of you really missed our first service this morning. What a blessing in some ways for many reasons. First of all, it's nice to be with all of you. We look for occasions to be all together. Second, it was snowing outside. And I know it's not, it wasn't hard to travel, but our parking lot and especially our sidewalks were covered with snow. You know what Laxton was doing this morning at 7.30? He actually, because it was a dry snow, he had our backpack blower on. <laughs> and he was blowing the sidewalks in my office and hear something blowing I'm going I'll go help him no no he's only one backpack floor I couldn't go help you know but Dave always does it with a cheerful heart and so did Jake and what a blessing in fact you almost didn't mind going and asking for something because you knew and yet with me sometimes it's yeah I'll do it but I'm going to do it grumpily under compulsion a cheerful heart is something that we love to be around and when you have that cheerful heart the blessing continues. The storyline continues through the passage. Look at verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I mean, as you go through, you're able to, from this abundance, do this good work. What does abundance from God mean? Well, just from the text, it means you have all things at all times, you have all that you need. You have so much, you can abound in every good work. You have plenty to do the good things that God puts in front of you. You have plenty. You don't need a skimp. You don't need a cut back. It's, you don't have to think, now, if I give you some, if I do this for you, I might not have enough for me. I mean, there's a big difference from having just a two or three M&Ms and sharing one of them than getting a big old bucket of M&M's and then sharing I mean I got plenty hey in this life with this blessing we receive we got plenty it's not just something you have to hold on to tight because you might run out it's not like the adult that asks a little child can I have a hug did I take your last one nah he says you can have all the hugs you want I can always make more you know, this blessing we've received, there's always more to give because God's always pouring things into us. We are not the source of blessing. We are the channel. We're the channel of blessing. We have abundance. And then he quotes this beautiful verse out of Psalm. Let's look at verse 9. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Bountiful sowing equals bountiful righteousness that endures forever. 
In other words, righteousness, my right living, when I'm that channel, when I'm living the way God would want me to do, my right living blesses into eternity. You know, when I do something nice for others, when I'm a giving person, those who have been helped remember the gift. But more importantly, God remembers the gift, and he will never forget it, even into eternity. It's, it's almost unfathomable. I mean, people who lived this life, this bountiful life, here's what they, what they said in, in Jesus' story in Matthew 25. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whenever, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And not only does he recognize it, then he recognizes it forever. Verse 46, then they will, those who let the blessing stop with them will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous, the right living ones, to eternal life. Remembered forever. Now that's bountiful. Sparingly, life ends. Generously, eternal life. That's what he means in verse 9. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And on to verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Do you see the two things there? I mean, we're not, many of us are city folks, so we might, might have missed this. Seeds for sowing and seeds for eating. Did you get that? Seeds at harvest time mean that you grind up the grain and you make the bread and you have food to eat. Seeds for sowing are the seeds that you sow so that you can have a harvest so that you can eat. Two kinds of seeds. I have never in my life been concerned about do I eat this seed or go hungry so I can harvest later. Never had to make that choice. But I've seen it made. Down in Mexico, one year they had a drought and they, they didn't get their corn crop in. We actually came together as a church family and, and helped buy them uh, corn to eat so that they didn't have to eat their seed corn so they could plant a crop. What a choice to make. I never had to make that choice, and I guarantee you with the blessings of Jesus, I never have to make that choice in my Christian life and in my spiritual life. He gives me what I need to have a harvest for the future and what I need for the moment to fill my life. I have a bountiful harvest so I can have a righteous life, a righteous living. God supplies. Do you remember the widow at Zarephath? When Elijah came to her and said, hey, would you... In the middle of that drought, would you make me some bread? And she says, I, I can't. I can't. I have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, not enough to make bread, and I was just getting some sticks to go home to start a fire so I could cook the last of this and my, for me and my son, and we, then we'd both die. And he asked her, and she agrees to invite him in, and he says in 1 Kings 17, verse 15, So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry. That's how God gives to us. 
Sometimes we might feel empty and used up. But if we will share what we have, we'll never run dry. Not under compulsion, not to control God, but from a position of being blessed. Not for a blessing, but from that blessing. See, the purpose of blessing is to channel it to others, to help supply the needs of others, to, to meet the need. Look at verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. I'll be rich in every way so I can be generous, whatever happens. Enriched to be generous. The purpose of riches is not to purchase power. Well, I guess materially it is. I mean, on this earth, I, I try and make money many times just so I can purchase the things that I want or purchase power. Or, but the purpose of these blessings is to be rich so I can always be generous. There's always plenty. There's more where that came from. That's the mentality. You ever heard, you probably heard about a child who was out with their parents sometime and wanted them to buy something and the parents says, oh, I don't have any money. And they said, well, just get out your credit card. You know, it's just, it's just put in the credit card. That is irresponsible for money management. Just is. But for this occasion, that thought has a place in blessing others. Just, just give, go ahead and be a blessing because there's plenty where that came from. Let the blessings flow through us, not just to us. Verses 11 and 12. Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. See, the result of being a channel of blessings is thanksgiving is given to God. Thanks is given to God. When, when I allow the blessing God has given me to overflow and to spill out into this world, to be bountiful, to be generous, that kind of living, bountiful, generous living, brings thanksgiving to God. Do you see the language here? The overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. When the blessing overflows through me, God's given blessings not, don't end with me, not just to me, but through me, then the thanks overflows to God. What a blessing. Now, I, I'm going to oversimplify the situation, but let me just briefly remind you of what's happening in 2 Corinthians. The Jews knew about the prophecy of the Messiah. They loved God. And they looked for the Messiah. And Jesus came. Many didn't recognize him, but many did. And they received that Messiah and found a salvation, a perfect lamb to die for them so that they might live forever. Their sins are not rolled forward. They are taken away. They are erased. They are blotted out through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. <laughs> the gospel, the good news. And they received that good news. There are some people that they didn't like very much in this world. They'd been trained, kind of like, over life, the Gentiles. And yet, 
they were compelled to share this good news even with the Gentiles. And then the Gentiles received this wonderful, bountiful blessing of a Messiah, of the forgiveness of sins, salvation, the good news. And now Paul's talking to these Gentiles and saying, listen, the Jews did not let this blessing stop with them. They let it flow through them to you. Now all of a sudden, these folks back in Jerusalem, they're going through a tough time. Actually, it's a physical tough time with drought. But yet, here you find yourself in a financial situation to help those folks. And why not kind of mirror that and let the blessings you have flow to others and flow back to them in this time of drought and time of need they you will be there for them just like they were there for you in your spiritual drought and spiritual time for need and you are living in thanksgiving because of what was shared with you now let others live in thanksgiving because of what you've received and has been shared with you a bountiful overflowing of thanksgiving verse 13 Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Thanksgiving and others will be praising God. And praising God comes from, in the text, first, obedience and confession of the gospel. They are thankful because you obeyed. The gospel. You're living the gospel. You accepted that. And they will be thankful because of your generosity and sharing. And it's not just stopping there. It doesn't stop with you and it doesn't stop with them. It overflows with praise to God. They're giving praise to God. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. Verse 14. And in their prayers for you oversimplification but Jews to Gentiles in their prayers for you their hearts will go out because of the surpassing grace of God because of the surpassing grace of God has given you and back to hearts hearts once separated by culture by history by attitudes now joined Wow, describe that. Indescribable. And what connected those two hearts? Money? No. No. Absolutely, positively not. What connected those two hearts? The grace of God given to the Gentiles. The Jews are rejoicing in connecting with Gentiles. Wow. What a channel of blessing. And they overflow with praise because of the, they overflowed with grace. Describe that. Verse 15. Thanks be to God for this, his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for the ability to give. Thanks be to God for the desire he gives us to give. And thanks be to God for the reconciliation that can come from being a channel of his blessings of allowing God to work through us in all situations he is the ultimate giver and we are just the channel 
And all of this is possible through the indescribable gift of salvation in Jesus. A gift too wonderful for words. Because now we have an endless source, grace, mercy, love, and salvation. Jesus would say in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't want to be Charlie Lake. I don't want to be the Dead Sea. I don't want blessings just to come to me. I want them to flow through me. Jesus, how do I make it happen? Verses 7 and 8 of John 15. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. <laughs> wow. Indescribable. I just can't be cut off from the source. I have to stay with Jesus, in Jesus. And friend, you first have to get into Jesus. Let him in your life. Galatians says it beautifully. He talks about how we clothe ourselves with Christ. Galatians 3, 26 through 27. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Have you clothed yourself with Christ? Have you given your life to him? Have you confessed him as Lord of your life? Decided to live for him? Not not to act in ways that walk away from him. We have time right now. We'd love for you to be baptized this morning. We'd love to celebrate with you. For we've all received the indescribable gift, the blessings available. The question is, what will we do with it? The gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus. We're going to sing a song of invitation <laughs> in this channel of blessing thought we're going to sing the fount of every blessing right is the fountain free yes the fountain free and if you need to respond publicly we'd love for you to join us we'd love to watch you be baptized we have shepherds and their wives that'll be in the parlor they would love to just visit with you and pray for you they're going to be there praying anyway if um, you need to reconnect with christ and be restored we'd love to pray for you as we start this new year indescribable gift I thought maybe a good way to end is with the way we begin our worship, a congregational reading. Let's read John 3.16 together before we sing. Together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Indescribable. Let's stand and sing. There's a fountain 